Elemento is an online market filled with Canadian organic and natural goods. Choose from hundreds of sustainable and plant-based products at Elemento.com and have them delivered straight to your door. Shopping for delicious, nutritious, and organic plant-based foods has never been easier. Use code PAUSE15 to receive 15% off your next order. That's E-L-I-M-E-N-T-O dot com. And finally, this episode is brought to you by The Grinning Goat, Canada's vegan fashion boutique with a storefront in Calgary and an online store that ships across Canada and worldwide. As a Paw and Order podcast listener, you can save 15% on your entire purchase at grinninggoat.ca simply using the code PAW15 at checkout. This is another iRaw podcast. We podcast to make the world a better place for animals. In the Canadian justice system, Animals' interests are rarely represented, but the lawyers at Animal Justice fight to give them a voice in court and the political system. This is the Pawn Order Podcast, and these are their stories. Okay, everybody, welcome to episode 69 of the Pod and Order podcast, also known as our holiday extravaganza special. Woo! And I am your host. Camille. It's spectacular. Oh, it's a... I insist right. on spectacular. Yeah, that's, okay. that's a very important okay. distinction. Do okay. you hear the bells? I hear the bells. It's beautiful. <laughs> it is. It is. It's such seasonal cheer. <laughs> it's a very cheerless year. Yes. Well, as you can probably tell, you've got all three of your Pawn Order co-hosts together for this episode, this very special uh, holiday spectacular. I'm joined by Peter Sankoff and Jessica Scott-Reed, and I'm Camille Lapchuk. Hey, guys. Hi, Hi guys. Happy holidays. Happy I'm holidays, indeed. I'm feeling festive. This is our festive show, and God damn it, we're going to be festive. 2020 or not, we are going to be festive here. <laughs> our goal today is to give everyone out there listening a dose of holiday cheer, and I think we're going to accomplish that. We've got some great stuff here in our holiday spectacular, not special, Camille, spectacular. Spectacular. Okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> wow, I feel like I'm being ganged up on here. I'm going to have to start. Dishing back get cheerful, bit. Camille. Get cheerful. All right, I'm cheerful. So we we've already kicked off the holiday season at Animal Justice. We actually had a super fun online holiday party last Friday, which you know I never thought I would say that an online holiday party was super fun, but I actually did have a great time, and we've gotten some good feedback from supporters. So I hope others did too. What did you guys? It was think? absolutely more fun than I expected. Like I've had a couple Zoom events over the last nine months, and they're pretty mediocre. But that one, I had a really good time. Like I, we stayed longer than was expected. You know, like I didn't want to get off. It was great. Yeah. We also premiered the year in review video, Animal Justice's annual uh, look back at the year that was. And I got to say, when I started working on it, I was like, oh, this is going to be a terrible video compared to our other ones. We're not in Parliament. We're not really in court. There's just like no interesting footage. Uh, yet somehow it ended up being six minutes of like fairly awesome stuff. And I enjoyed it because it was a good look back at the year and a reminder that not all was lost. There was still some yep. great progress made. Yeah, I, I cried. Absolutely. I cried just like years past. So I think you guys did an amazing job. <laughs> it really highlighted the amazing work animal justice has done and progress made for the animals. And it sort of made it look like it was a somewhat normal year, which 
we all know it wasn't. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> and Camille, I think, got into the holiday cheer a little early. I saw she had like her nose was red like Rudolph. She was enjoying her cocktail. <laughs> oh, so ha ha. Well, I mean, I it, have like a glass of wine a month, but OK. <laughs> that's what made the party fun for me. I don't know what you guys are judging for. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment hey, we're all just trying to get through this year this month this pandemic this whatever yes. cheers to that well i am looking forward to some downtime i personally do not have any holiday plans because we are in the midst of a pandemic so i'm <laughs> staying home um but you guys i have some exciting news yesterday i impulsively applied to become a foster parent for a rabbit <gasps> Wow, a bunny foster. That's so cute. Good for you, Camille. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited. And uh, it's you know, it just a post on the Toronto Vegans Facebook group that this bunny needed a foster through Rabbit Rescue Inc. And I ended up applying and it turns out they found another home for that particular bunny. But it sounds like I'm getting another bunny this week. So I'm sure you guys will all be treated to cute Instagram and maybe oh, even Twitter content wait. soon. Oh, good. Well, Rabbit Rescue Inc. is such a great I organization. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. I am yes. looking forward to every picture. All the bunny is that content. Sarcasm? Peter, Peter doesn't even go on Instagram, so I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> That's true. By the way, I wanted to reinforce Camille's message because I'm not doing anything either. And I urge all our listeners, really all of them, that they should stay home during this holiday and not mingle and socialize with everyone they know. Honestly, that is the only way we're going to beat this pandemic. Don't you agree, Camille and Jessica? Oh, yes. Stay home. Yeah. Do nothing. Eat all the good vegan Christmas food by yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. I mean, I live alone right now, so it's, you know, it's I guess I'll live with a bunny pretty soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you but, go. It's not going to be a fun Christmas. It's not going to be like every other year, but that's okay. This is just one year of our lives. And I, you know, I just really would hate to come out of the Christmas season and see this massive spike two weeks later in ICU admissions. We're already like getting close to the line in most places in this country. So it's, you know, it's worrying. So on my end, it's going to be pretty much the regular Christmas. There's no difference because we only spend our Christmas, uh, with our family here, unless we're in Germany, which we're obviously not this year, but uh, it's really going to be the post-Christmas period that's going to be a little bit more challenging because my kids are home for like three weeks. Yes, so me too. Four-year-old home from preschool. I'm just grateful that there's going to be new toys <laughs> for her to play with after the <laughs> Christmas. It's uh, that's that's going to be the challenging part, keeping her amused. There's not enough toys in the world. No, I know, I know. I'm for, trying to convince for three weeks at home. Trying to convince myself it's going to be okay, but. We're all in this together, though, right, folks? That's what we hear. We're all months. in this together. That's right. There is a vaccine. There you go. I we am can, glad to know. It. I'm glad to know the animal justice team is all in this together. That's right. That's Indeed. what I like to hear. Yeah. Love it. Good. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> let's get into all right, it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. But first. A reminder that if you have not given us a review on this podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we have over 100 five-star reviews right now, and I can tell you that really helps people find the podcast and it boosts our ratings and helps spread the word about animal law. Uh, we did get a new review from Michael S. Said recently. He says, it's a five-star review, by the way. He says, great listen, thoughtful and entertaining. 
Although Michael adds that he only wishes the episodes were shorter and more condensed. I'm sorry, well, Michael. I was gonna say I was gonna say this episode is not gonna make no. Michael happy, but I have a suggestion. I have a suggestion for Michael. Michael, if you turn it up to one and a quarter speed, you can listen to the episodes in a little more than half the time. So it goes really, really quick, and you can talk to it as quickly as possible, and you can hear what we're saying, and it's no problem whatsoever. Look at Peter coming oh in God. with the solutions. You are a solution maker. Good job, Peter. That was impressive. That was. I didn't it's know my, you had it my, in it's you. My one and a, it's my one and a quarter speed. Wow. <laughs> I know. Do you know, by the way, you know, there are people who listen to podcasts that way. I tried doing it for like a day just because I have a lot of podcasts. It's like, it's, it's so distracting. Oh, I that's really a real thing. Oh my gosh. I can't even. It's a real thing. Oh, my poor brain. I got no, no way. You can listen to more that way. So if you listen to one and a half speed or one and a quarter speed, it just goes faster. No, it's like... Because, like, I have podcast backup, don't you? Like, I get backed up on... Especially now because I'm not commuting. So I have serious podcast backup. And it's really hard to keep up with them because there's just too many. So I had to, like, desubscribe from a few because my phone was filling up, right? (laughs) It was, like, a real problem. Yeah, I actually kind of stopped listening to podcasts, to be honest. I, I don't have a very long walk to the office. It's like 10 minutes is not enough time to get into it. Very true. Um, anyway, don't don't stop listening to Pod Order. Yes, please. But- <laughs> no, definitely not. This doesn't apply. Put you us at the top of the list. At If you play us at half speed, it will make the experience longer and more rewarding. You can really savor it. <laughs> All right. Well, Michael, thank you for your review all the same. Also a reminder that you can support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Now, Patreon's a crowdfunding website where you sign up to give a monthly amount of support in, in, in uh, the direction of your favorite creators, including lots of podcasts and Paw and Order. I want to give a shout out to Joan O'Brien and Julie Bigras, who both increased their Patreon pledges recently. Thank you. Thank you. It's very generous. And we also have some exciting Patreon news. We actually have some new prize tiers because we have some Pawn Order merchandise that we're excited to share with you, Patreons. So at the $5 per month level, you get a mailed card to say thanks, as always. But now you also get a Pawn Order sticker, too. And I actually got mine yesterday. Shannon mailed it to me. And it's pretty cool. I might put it on my phone. Oh, you got the sticker? sticker I didn't get a sticker. uh, I got the cub. I don't know what's going on. There's like selective sending going out. It was yeah. like I, I got the mug and then Jess got the, got the shirt and yes. then you got the sticker. So I, I now only have the mug. I'm supposed to be getting the shirt. I didn't hear about the no sticker. I've now sent my shirt to Camille because it didn't fit very well. We have to exchange sizes. <laughs> so things are really, I don't know. It's like Shannon, like the puppet master here. She's just trying to pit us against each other. I don't know. I don't know. She's she's conducting a social experiment yes. to sow discord. It could be. It's it's about envy and jealousy among hosts. Really, I we I don't have trying to break I, up I, the very, band. We figured I'm you out. Disappointed. We figured this you out, Shannon. Yeah, it's not in the Christmas spirit, Shannon. Come on. <laughs> well, in all serious though, thank you to Shannon for for getting this merchandise yes. together. Now, five dollars gets you a sticker. Twenty dollars gets you your choice between an official pawn order mug or a T-shirt, and they're which is great. So cool. Yeah. It is. And we also have t-shirts available now just for anyone to purchase if you want to go that route. You can go to shop.animaljustice.ca. And um, also anyone that supports us on Patreon gets a $10 uh, or or anyone that supports us at the $10 a month level or higher gets a 15% discount in our online store. So there's some awesome perks for you guys if you want to support us on Patreon. 
Good deal. This is big news, by the way. I didn't even, this snuck under the radar in the show notes. I knew that shirts were coming and I knew, I knew these mugs were available. I did not know I could literally link to them today and see them on the store, which I just did. I'm like, paw and order shirts are a real thing. This is probably the best holiday gift I could have hoped for. So I asked for nothing more today. That is fantastic. That beautiful shirt is now available. I'm excited. Peter's dream come true. He's been talking about this for months. Years, actually. Years. I noticed the mug is not yet available for sale. Oh, no, those are exclusive. That's a nice mug. That's the black on the Mm. inside. That is a sharp mug. Ooh, it's got black on the inside. That's so fancy. Very fancy. You'd know if you had one. Yeah, you don't have one. It's a weird thing. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Wow, these guys. Uh, It's all going on today. (laughs) Okay, one final podcast announcement. We are looking to line up some sponsors for the new year. So if any of our listeners are involved with an ethical brand owner who would like to advertise with us, has to be vegan, they can email our producer, Shannon Milling, at shannon at animaljustice.ca to discuss opportunities. And thanks. And, uh, very As good always. butchers. Very good butchers. I'm I'm looking at you. Yeah, good call. Like, I really want to advertise your product. Good call. Oh, damn you guys! I got one of their boxes this week, which they kindly sent to me. It is so freaking good. Oh, lucky oh, yeah. you! Been there. Been there yeah. for months. Been there for months. months. I was on a monthly plan. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's, uh, their stuff's really good. Yeah, I was on a monthly plan of getting their big meat box. Like, it was really good through the summer. It's just I had to discontinue it because it's like you just get too much. And it was <laughs> like after the barbecue season, you're just not eating as much of that. So we had to cut tone it down. But I've been eating their products for months. And I, in fact, I just ordered. Look at this. We're giving. This is free advertising. Yes. Very good butchers. <laughs> um, I ordered their charcuterie box. Oh, by the way, I, I highly recommend their roast roast beast for like oh, you know as an alternative to the usual tofurkey yeah i've heard it's Ooh. really good and the pictures if you were you know big into instagramming your holiday meal i've seen the pictures and it looks lovely it's, it's delicious yeah really good uh, off topic or i guess sort of on topic what are you guys doing for holiday meals this year do you already know which meat alternative product you're cooking i always do uh bosch you know bosch the amazing uh, recipe developers i always do their uh, mushroom and chestnut wellington i've been doing it for even before i went vegan i started doing it maybe about five years now ever since they invented it and uh, it's a hit always amongst you know meat eaters vegans i mean now it's just us but i'm still making it and it's it's <laughs> great i've seen that so many times on your instagram and stared with envy so yes that's thanksgiving cool. christmas i do it every year we usually do uh um as a main like my wife does a lot of cool stuff and i make uh, candy cane cupcakes which is a hit every year so Ooh. i've been doing those for a couple of years they're really good i found a good actually i made it up i invented it i took uh well i invented it and then i finessed it with some online help but um um my wife usually does tofurkey, and we, we alternated between the tofurkey and the ham. I'm actually partial to the ham myself. I think it's quite good. Mm. But I, this year, I think we're going with the, the Very Good Butchers because we've got a stuffed beast, like a stuffed holiday beast. Beast. I, they call it beast, but it's B-E-E-S-T, of course. <laughs> um, that's what I think. Yeah, that's what I think we're going with. Cool. What about you, Camille, in your big holiday uh, at home extravaganza, but you're welcome to zoom into ours, of course. Yes. That is oh, maybe a, I will. Totally. I don't know. I might share a salad with my new foster. 
<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. I kind of alternate. I love all of those. I love Tofurkeys. I love the Gardein products. Like, you know, pretty much anyone who makes like a roast thing, I find it's delicious. So I haven't thought about it yet. I will eventually decide. Um, actually, in the last couple of years, I've spent Christmas in Montreal with my brother and my mom, who comes from PEI. My brother lives in Montreal, and he's actually a professional chef. So oh. we kind of get treated and like totally spoiled by him. Um, but he doesn't make traditional Christmas foods. He makes like Mexican feast or oh. whatever. You'll be so, missing that. Yeah, this I actually year haven't sure. had. Totally. Christmas yeah, dinner. Yeah, so I haven't really one. had like a roast. I, th- yeah. I think I think the salad with the bunny idea sounds great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm excited. All right. Well, it may be our just make holiday. sure our listeners understood, Camille. You're going to have dinner with, with the bunny, a bunny, not just to be of clear. a bunny. I, wanna, yes. I want everybody. Oh, oh I don't yeah. Want, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want anybody to be confused here. Right? That's an this important distinction, Peter is coming to dinner the guest yes. that's the as, only as it should the, the bunny is the as guest the only way you can should. have a rabbit for dinner is if they're the guest that's right that's i right. did say i did say by the way as it should but to be clear that's only because i don't know the gender of the bunny yet. that's <laughs> that's the only reason i believe I just, it's a female bunny uh, so as she should there yes, we go there we go, there we go. I, don't want, I don't want i don't want animal justice academy to come down on me for my lack of proper pronoun use <laughs> that's just a joke to uh kimberly carroll don't worry that's an injury <laughs> it may be our holiday spectacular but we still have some news to get through first oh big news camille big news big news i mean there's a ton going on in the news right now you think things would slow down in december but no all right well first story You may have seen this already if you follow Animal Justice, but we released undercover footage from inside an Ontario pig farm, Paragon Farms. It's a factory pig breeding facility. And uh, the footage was brutal. It premiered on CTV's W5. They did a really uh, spectacular special into the footage itself and what it depicted. So there's violent abuse of mother pregnant pigs. There is, um, you know, piglets having their testes and their tails sliced off without any pain relief, which runs even contrary to the NVAC codes. Uh, Mother pigs kept in gestation crates most of their lives where they can't even turn around and just filthy, appalling conditions and so much more to that. But the W5 piece focused on the fact that this would be the last legal investigation into a farm in Ontario before ag gag laws were likely to come into effect. And guys, what do you think? The Ontario government's response was after seeing this footage, do you think maybe they were like, oh, wow, it's really valuable for people to go undercover and expose illegal cruelty? Yeah, I'm going to guess that's a big no. Yeah, so exactly one week later, they actually they finally brought the egg egg law into effect. So their response was the cover up. So obviously disappointing, but not unexpected. Uh Interesting in the regulations, you guys. So the reason the egg egg law wasn't effect yet in, in, in effect yet in Ontario is because they still had to draft regulations to delineate just how unconstitutional the law was going to be. And here's a gem that came from the regulations. So there's this like egg egg zone of secrecy around farms where you can't go in, you can't go undercover in them. And the government actually included not just farms, but also racetracks, yeah. rodeos, stables, places where horses are kept if they're going to be like hauling stuff or 
uh, performing carriage rides for tourists. So to me, that was proof that this bill was never about food safety or about biosecurity like the government claimed. It was always about hiding cruelty from the public and shutting down activism. Yeah, completely not about food at all in that case. That was a big kind of surprise that came out of that, wasn't it? And that suddenly, oh, wait, this really is about money and business and enabling them to continue even though cruelty exists and making sure the public doesn't see it. And that that was just even more obvious to me after that point. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, You know, the carriage industry had been lobbying them to try to do something because the carriage industry doesn't like being protested. And many parts of the province, people actually protest outside carriage rides. So, yeah, we didn't really think that there was a way for them to fit that in, considering they said this was about food safety. But lo and behold, here we are. Yeah, so so that's that. Yeah, but uh, I take it there was... I was very impressed, of course. You mentioned the W5 investigation, but I like the animal justice video as well, which explores the whole thing in more detail. Indeed, and actually we were very lucky to have Canadian sing- singer-songwriter, actor, sensation Jan Arden do voiceover for the video which was just incredible. Uh, the video is available at stopaggaglaws.ca if anyone wants to check it out. And it shows in even more detail than W5 had room to get into just exactly what happened on that farm. And it, it's not pretty. Yeah, she was no, so great. A lot of stuff that. that's pretty standard. Uh, a lot of stuff that's pretty standard industry practice, which is what's most upsetting about it. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy to focus on a lot of the uh, particular acts of cruelty in the sense of, uh, you know, abuse with, uh, with particular, you know, sticks or boxes. And I think uh, the, the more troublesome component is the stuff that's just standard. Yep. Agreed. And that's why so many of the times that these undercover investigations, it's not even it's not even showing things that are, you know, shockingly illegal, you know, egregiously cruel. It's showing things that are completely allowed. <laughs> yeah, things that comply with the uh, pig code produced by NFAC even. I mean, I think the, the worst thing from that investigation and I don't want to say the worst, but one of the really bad things for me was just seeing those mother pigs locked up in gestation crates virtually their entire lives. They go through multiple cycles of forced pregnancy. And, uh, you know, every time they're stuck in these crates until they give birth and then they're briefly moved to other crates. So it's, it's pretty much every day of their existence. And it's just heartbreaking. They've got nothing to do. No enrichment, no space. They can't socialize with each other. Um, Dr. Lori Marino, who's an expert in animal neuroscience and behavior, she provided some comment about the video that we gathered. And one thing that she explained, which I didn't really appreciate before, is the fact that pigs experience um, basically like social contagion or empathy contagion, where it's not just that they feel miserable because they themselves are stuck in a crate, but they feel miserable because they see all these other pigs around them stuck in crates and they have empathy for those other pigs. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's um, just really adds so much more, more horror to it. It's torture. It's absolute torture. And I feel like these images of seeing mother pigs in these gestation crates have been used by, you know, animal activism for so long. It's, it's almost 
like people are just so easily able to just turn away from it because it's like just this expected part of the industry. And it's like, we really need to stop every time we see it and think about what exactly we're looking at. And I think that the W5 investigation and the Jen Arda video really did a good job of sort of reminding people what this now sort of normalized image really is all about because it's something that should shock every time we see it. Well, let's just uh, look at it positively for a second in the sense that in, uh, in 2009, there was a major expose along these lines in New Zealand, and it was the first one to really look in depth as uh, people came out. And I was part of that. I was part of the media coverage. It was wall to wall for a couple of weeks. And look, it took a little while. It took, a, you know, as we know earlier this year, and through a judicial challenge, uh, those crates look like they're on the way out in New Zealand. Though, of course, we'll stay tuned as to what the legislature is going to do with that. But uh, it is it is positive to note that perhaps uh, over time, these sorts of things get some results. Yeah, social change is a slow process, but it's videos like this and raising awareness like W5 has done that I think will make the change. Yeah. All right. Well, next news item, another piece of animal justice news. Uh, just this morning, the day that we're recording this podcast, Animal Justice uh, released news that we've filed together with a group called Wolf Awareness. We've filed a request for special review with Health Canada asking that three really terrible poisons used to kill wildlife be banned. Um, so these are the poisons strychnine, compound 1080, and sodium cyanide. And we're asking to cancel their registration in Canada. And this, this move is not just two groups. This is with strong support from about a dozen other environmental and animal protection organizations across the country. So I don't know if you guys have had an opportunity to look up exactly what these poisons do to wildlife, but they are just appalling. Uh, governments use them or individuals use them for, quote unquote, wildlife control. <laughs> and they'll put the bait out. Animals will ingest this poison and they will perhaps take several, at least several hours or even days to die. Um, their bodies are then scavenged by other animals, including endangered species, who suffer the same gruesome death due to secondary poisoning. And, you know, often dogs ingest these poisons too, and there, there's no antidote to them. So countless animals have just suffered awful deaths. And we commissioned a poll that says that 69% of Canadians say that the risks of these poisons used by management, wildlife management programs are unacceptable. So we're hoping that Health Canada will do the right thing and ban these immediately. Well, I'm glad you guys have taken that on. It's, it's, um, it's scary to think about the idea of, quote, wildlife conservation, including the use of poison. It seems uh, that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> <laughs> are these, uh, are these, are these, I guess they're drugs. Are they fully available at this moment? Is that the way this works or are they on a restricted list for certain manufacturers? Um, that's a good question. I'm not totally sure. Okay. Um, yeah, my colleague, Caitlin Mitchell, who did the bulk of the work on this would know the answer to that. So maybe we'll have her on after Christmas to talk about it. That's a good idea. Sounds good. Next up, um, in the news, uh, a lot of people have been following this story about COVID-19, um, outbreaks in mink populations. First, we heard about it in Denmark, other populations in Europe, and then uh, in the U.S. on farms uh, spreading from people to minks and in some cases mutating um, and then being spread back to humans. It's a very scary thing. Um, 
I wrote about it for the Globe and Mail recently saying that in Canada, we needed to be very concerned about this. Uh, and the response from the provinces I contacted were, of course, all that oh, biosecurity measures are, are, are up and where everything is being well taken care of. And boom, now we have COVID-19 outbreaks on mink farms in B.C., just as predicted. I know what the problem is, Jessica. I think the problem was that animal advocates went on to the farms, right? This is what they oh, say yeah. in Ontario. Yeah. It was animal advocates it was trespassing on the farms who brought the COVID along. Yes. That's what I'm guessing went wrong. Because of course on these farms, biosecurity is number one concern and things are being very well taken care of. Uh, no, 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 no. You've got that wrong, Jessica. Animal welfare That's right. is the number <laughs> oh, one Oh, you're concern. right, you're right. <laughs> Not biosecurity. Come on, Jessica, it's, get with the program. It's a very tough balance. They have a very, very <laughs> difficult job. It's all about the animals. They have a very difficult <laughs> job. It's all about the animals. And so, so Because somehow, if we treat them well... The product is better. Like that's it's it's in our interests to be good to the animals. I've heard that many times. And a and a very necessary product indeed. So here we are talking about fur, an actual product that I don't know who is even wearing that. And that's what the response on Twitter was. Wait, Canada has mink farms. We produce mink fur for who? I don't wear mink fur. Who do you know anybody wearing mink fur? So here we are. So now there is now COVID-19 on mink farms in BC. And then just recently, yesterday, the Center for Biodiversity in the US reported that there is now COVID-19 testing in wild mink populations, which is terrifying because there's no way to contain that. A lot of people don't understand that a lot of these mink farms are out in the open, right? They're not, some of them are in sheds, but a lot of them are just rows and rows and rows of caged mink out in the open that interact with wildlife in the area, birds, feral cats, other mink, and now it's in the wild mink population and that is absolutely terrifying. That's biosecurity for you. Yeah, there we go. We we, uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I believe, Camille, or a couple of shows ago. And I just, I can only guess what the solution will be if COVID uh, gets into the uh, captive mink population. Any chance it's going to be a massive cull? Oh, I would be shocked if there wasn't. I mean, I'm surprised they haven't done it already. I know the farm's under quarantine. Yesterday, it was reported that 200 minks have now died. And that's its own tragedy. I I just hate to think about those sweet little things like suffering from respiratory infections. Uh, fevers. They, they don't get any veterinary care, obviously. Like, no one's looking out for their interests. No, no one's trying to save it's them. It's awful. They're, they're, they're bound to die one way or another. That's, that's really the tragic part about it. Yeah, they're just worth a few bucks at this point. The pelt prices have gone so far down that, like, what's the point of treating them? It's awful. I would say more about this, but I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Mink might come up. <laughs> might come up. Mink <laughs> might come up in our 12 days of Christmas holiday spectacular. So maybe we can let's, stop Let's there. leave it there. Yeah, yeah it's possible. It it's possible. <laughs> All right. Our last story uh, is a good news story. I'm actually really excited about this story. I mean, I hope it goes as far as it can go. But... Uh, the House of Representatives in the U.S. in response to our old friends, uh, Tiger King, which was uh, profiled on this show many, many times when it first came out, although I have to confess I still haven't finished watching it, um, has passed 
And when I say passed, this doesn't mean it's the law yet, but the House of Representatives has passed the Big Cat Safety Act, which would effectively uh, impose some very significant and permanent limits on the ownership of big cats in the United States. Yeah, I'm always shocked. Pretty cool. I'm always shocked with the stat that you hear. Um, it's been they've been saying it for about five years that there are more tigers captive in the U.S. than there are in the wild. T- that's insane to me. By, by a considerable margin. By thousands. And it's not just yeah. a few years. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been for many many years. Isn't that, that something? That it has been more in the U.S. Yep. And, and I think so- this is great. Sorry, Camille. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's so funny because so often zoos rely on this argument that oh these animals are endangered in the wild that's why we've got to conserve them in captivity ignoring the fact that most of them I I, like I'm not really sure if any of them do any release of these animals into the wild because the problem is habitat it's not that they can't breed and and of course the problems that we saw in those shows about the ownership of big cats like if you want to find problems with big cats just look to private ownership of big cats it is just it is big cats are not intended for private ownership they just simply do not do well in those environments and they just they are rife with the potential and the actual abuse of those animals not to mention of course the particular problems that arose in that in that do, in that documentary i guess it is a documentary series um, um, involving because it was weird. It's sort of a documentary slash true crime series, but like that involved with you know the continued breeding of these animals to create a market to continue breeding those animals. It's just a, it's a crazy crazy system, and the reason I'm particularly excited about it, by the way, is because I actually think this is one of those situations where what happens in the U.S. could have a real mm-hmm. influence on what's happening here, and I think that's been one of the arguments about that's made it difficult to argue against big cats is because of course they exist. In in the U.S. or it's been more challenging. I think if they ever do get banned in the U.S., that'll really push the impetus of, uh, you know, who knows, maybe the Jane Goodall Act, which would give some ability to ban that or a separate bill designed to go after big cats uh, on their own. Yeah, one can hope. Are you looking for all the basics for your pantry, but want Canadian organic and natural brands that believe in animal compassion and sustainable eating? Elemento is the Canadian-owned online food market you've been looking for. Elemento carries Canadian brands such as Everland, New World, and the brand new Bliss Balls, which I've tried and love. Elemento believes that everyone deserves a kitchen packed with nutrient-rich, organic, and plant-based foods. Get any of their hundreds of products delivered to your door at elemento.com. That's E-L-I-M-E-N-T-O dot com. Or find endless types of recipes and sustainability tips on social media at Elemento Market. Use code PAWS15, that's P-A-W-S-1-5, to receive 15% off your next order. All right, everybody. um, That brings us to the end of the news section. And I think it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. All right, so our holiday special Spe- is about to begin. Spectacular, Spectacular Camille. Spectacular. I know. I, I said that on purpose just to get the reaction. <laughs> but please note, this is sort of a 12 gifts of Christmas style episode, but this is actually a non-denominational podcast. We have representation from many different religions. 
on uh, this spectacular. We should have. We should. I should have insisted on the eight gifts of Hanukkah, given my persuasion. <laughs> I really think that would have made more sense. But I'm going to go with twelve, and I agree. It's just twelve random days. That's what we're picking out. Yeah, 12, 12 random days, and it's just fun to have more rather than fewer. So. There we go. And it is it is exciting. I'm just going to reflect. Last year, I did this with uh, Camille alone because Jessica hadn't joined us yet. And it was our first time doing it. And it was probably my favorite episode of the year. It's just a lighthearted way to look back on what we're doing and give out some holiday cheer to those who are deserving and even sometimes a bit less deserving of gifts. <laughs> yes. But they're going to get some gifts anyway. That is the joy of the Pawn Order Holiday Spectacular. So we're going to turn it over to the first gift is going to be given out by our newest co-host, Jessica. What do you have for us, Jessica? Okay, we're going to start these things off on a very positive note. I'm going to start off by giving a lovely gift to a lovely deserving group. My first gift goes to the Canadian Horse Defense Coalition. This group has been fighting for so many years against the live export of horses from Canada to Japan for meat and the horse meat industry here in Canada overall. And they just don't quit. They continue to expose years of animal neglect and cruelty, CFIA ignorance, and they still have an appeal coming up in the new year, right, Camille? Yeah, I believe so. Federal Court of Appeal. Yes, that's right. So this past year, the group was finally able to get some good press, made so many more Canadians aware, and I hope that this will finally lead to some change. Uh, the CHDC, I want to gift them a well-deserved vacation, or I guess staycation right about now, to give these amazing folks the rest they need to keep this important fight going after all these years of dedicated work. So that's to the Canadian Horse Defense Coalition. Merry Christmas. Very well done. Uh, thank you. Camille, well, that's did a good you have one. did you have them? I they were they were in consideration, so I echo everything uh, Jessica had, but my list was very tight, so I, I did not but I did think about them and I, I, I echo everything you said about the great work that they've done. Yeah, I've thought a lot about them lately. They they weren't on my list either, but I thought of them and about their great work. I, I don't think I'm glad they were have, on your list. I got you covered. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, you started off with a nice one. Mine are, like, kind of all mean. <laughs> so, no, they're That's... not really. <laughs> but let me just go through my list and choose a nicer one. Um, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a gift to Phil Demers. Phil is the former Marineland trainer who has fought for oh, close to eight years now against Marineland in court, in the media, especially on Twitter. <laughs> And this year, he uh, was the subject of an amazing documentary called The Walrus and the Whistleblower, which premiered to tons of acclaim and is making the, the rounds in the virtual film festivals. And the documentary traces Phil's relationship with Smooshy, a beloved walrus friend of his who's still at Marineland. Uh, we don't actually know if Smooshy's currently alive or dead at this point. Uh, she did give birth in the spring, which was a surprise given her age. And no one has seen her or her baby since then. So I know this really weighs heavily on Phil's mind, and my gift to him this Christmas is the hope that in a new year, he'll have a reunion with Smooshy. Good one. That was awesome. That was really good. Yeah, absolutely. Totally echo. I didn't even think about Phil. That's I did. So I did. Me, but but uh, I, I knew well. Camille would have him. 
Very well deserving. Well, I can't believe I'm going to be shocked if this person is not on either of your lists because I'm going to go positive and I'm going to give what I think is an incredibly uh, well-deserved gift to uh, retiring Senator Murray Sinclair. Mm, And uh, my gift to uh, Murray Sinclair, um, I just want to give him a token of all of our appreciation for the incredible work and showing what a senator can do on behalf of animals if they're so inclined. And my gift is a cape with an S on it because Murray Sinclair is our super senator who's done incredible things for animals and uh, we're all in his debt. Very good That's a good one. one. What a beautiful human being he is. Yeah. And he was he was not like 100% on my list, but I was going to mention him in the context of another gift. So maybe I should bring that up now and jump ahead a little bit. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go I'll start with your second gift and then we'll go to well, Jessica. So, yep. so my gift was to the elephants and the great apes who are still stuck in captivity in Canada, of which there are dozens still. And the gift is the gift of hope that they may be the last of their kind to suffer and die in captivity. Uh, Last week, it hit the news in Toronto that Josephine, a 49-year-old gorilla at the Toronto Zoo, had just died. Um, She was captured in Africa in the early 70s. She'd been at the Toronto Zoo since 1974, living her entire life in captivity. And if there's any hope that Josephine might be the last of her kind to have to suffer through that, and that Senator Sinclair's bill to liberate these animals will pass then I hope that comes into fruition. That's a good one. I like that one. As do as do we all. As do we all. Boy, this is positive. We're going oh, to have yeah. start getting <laughs> negative. <laughs> We're going to get... The, we'll get Jessica, the, over to you. Okay, I have a really good... Over to I you. have another really good one. We're going to get all these niceties I have, out of I the way. I have good ones, too. Yeah. Okay, so... I have good ones, too. Go ahead. <laughs> my next one is to all those animal rights and vegan organizations that work so hard this year to hold conferences and workshops and festivals and events all online this year. Animal Justice's Animal Law Conference, the many veg fests, vegan film festivals, animal liberation conferences, plant-based food forums. I was part of just a few, and I know that there were so many more that did the pandemic pivot so successfully and ensured that our vast and growing community was still able to connect and learn and celebrate together through this weird time. So I want a gift to all those amazing organizers, just what they deserve, a safe, successful, and super fun in-person event once again whenever we are all able to do it so way to go you guys yeah, and just I imagine how much fun those events are going to be oh. we're all going to be just like festive as heck I can't like wait I can't, I, Absolutely. Can't, it's sort of a gift to all of us really <laughs> yes. I have a feeling that uh, oh this well this is not a G rated show I was going to say I have a feeling that before the um before the pandemic, there was like a rush on toilet paper. And I feel like after the pandemic, there's going to be a rush on condoms. It's just going to be like, that's it. It's like, okay, it's time. Sorry, it had to be said. Okay, moving right along. Um, mine follows on that. So I'm going to pick one that sort of follows on that. More specifically, I have a gift for can- Canadian animal advocates generally, who I think need uh, some relief just from this. And it follows a little bit on uh, on uh, the Canadian Horse Defense Coalition because um, what I was hoping for Canadian animal advocates in 2021, I'm going to gift you 
a legal win this year. I think there is going to be something that is going to come down that is going to be legally noteworthy for Canadian animal advocates. Following what happened last year in New Zealand, they got their gift in 2020, and I think all Canadian animal advocates are due, and I think we're going to have enough litigation in the courts that something, I don't think we're going to win all these cases, but I think something's going to win and go our way, and I, I, that's what I want to be celebrating next year at the end of the year. Good one. Yeah, I love it. Hope you're right. Well, along the same veins, slightly different, but I want to give a gift to all of the animal advocates out there who are currently facing prosecution simply for exposing the truth. And there's a lot of them this year. There's Jeffrey Gear, Roy Sassano, Amy Serrano, and Nick Schaefer in BC who are, are facing uh, prison time and a trial for exposing abuse on Excelsior Pig Farm. Uh, there is Malcolm Klimovich, who has been, um, you know, he's in the middle of a trial for trespassing on mink farms and uh, exposing to people what happens there. There's a bunch of people who've been ticketed outside of slaughterhouses now pursuant to the new egg egg laws in Ontario. Uh, I want to, instead of giving them a gift, I want to actually graciously accept the gift that they are giving us, which is the gift of sunlight, which is the best disinfectant. Shine some light on these industries and the public doesn't accept what they see. So I appreciate all that they've done, including the jeopardy that they've put themselves in to show people what happens behind closed doors on farms. Isn't, um, Camille, that's that's amazing. Isn't, uh, I thought Jenny McQueen's also facing prosecution um, in Quebec, or am I wrong? Oh, or? yeah, I, sorry, I, I've I left like people off this. You're right, yeah. Jenny. She's always facing prosecution. She is unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, yeah. absolutely. Uh, great stuff there. I think that's right. Yeah, and to anyone else who I admitted, I know there's a bunch of amazing people in BC who've done sled dog actions mm -hmm. and actions in turkey farms. There's many people who've gone through the court system because they believe that animals deserve a better world, and I am grateful to all of them. Yes, very grateful. Grateful. I, I've, I have By another. By the way. Yep. Oh, Sorry, it, Peter. <laughs> it, it hardly needs to be said, but we probably should have said this at the beginning, but I just want to point out to everybody, we don't share our gift list with each other. That's part of the fun of this. So you'll notice we're sort of ad hoc who's going next with each thing, because I think part of the fun is we just don't share it. So there might be some overlap and stuff like that. But so far, I'm amazed at how different and I'm really pleased to see how we're going just across the board in different ways. So far, we have not duplicated. Is that right? I, I will be stunned. I can see one or two coming. That oh, I'm yeah. sure we've already foreshadowed there's going to be some duplication. Oh, but, I think uh, when we get mean, it's, anyway. gonna, it's when we get mean, it's gonna, <laughs> that's where the duplication <laughs> yeah. will happen. It's coming. It's coming. Let's stick to some All easy right. targets. Okay. I have, I have, okay, a, I have a nice one. One more nice one. Or I actually, I have, I have two, two more nice ones and then we're going to let it fly. Um, okay. So another great advocate, um, my new best friend, uh, Jan Arden. Of course, she is on my list. The singer, actress extraordinaire has become a massive voice for Anna particularly against the horse meat industry, using her social media platforms to spout amazingly aggressive vegan perspectives. And I love it. Uh, like we mentioned, she also joined the animal justice team to voice a promo video for the shocking W5 investigation. Jan takes no shit and is all in for the animals. So my gift to you, my new best friend, Jan, a megaphone. So you can get that messaging out <laughs> even louder. And when the stampede returns to you, your town post-COVID, I hope you take that megaphone to the opening gates and you let them know what you now think of their animal abuse. Happy holidays, Jan. Love it. <laughs> Love it too. And uh, God, I wish, like, again, it is, it is, 
to me, the power of celebrity to raise the voices yeah. of, of advocates and this stuff is really incredible. And it's just like, it's amazing how many don't use that voice for anything to begin with, but especially not for animals. And I mean, I, you always like to say, if you had like 10 more Joaquin Phoenixes and Jan Ardens, it would make such a huge difference a uh, to point. where we are. And uh, yeah, so it's incredible. It's really, uh, that's very, very well-deserved gift. Yeah, good one. All right. Well, I I've probably exhausted my nice gifts, <laughs> so I'm Go gonna ahead, start moving. <laughs> no, I think I have a couple more that are at least neutral, but I want to start moving on to the the ones I really like. So, to the Ontario Federation of Agriculture, these guys what, are being uh, gifted uh. a chill pill. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons that we could give the Ontario Federation of Agriculture, but I'm just going to talk about one. So in the summer, news came out that someone had filed an FOI request for information about farm businesses. They wanted to know where farms were or who was registered as a farm business or whatever. And the government, like, let the FOI people, like, let the farm industry know about this, ask for feedback on whether the request should be granted. And these farmers freaked the heck out. They, like, lost it. They started posting all this stuff. They were like, oh, my God, activists are trying to come after our livelihoods. They're going to come, like, show up on our farms and do all these bad things. And it was really entertaining to watch them freak out. It wasn't <laughs> us that filed the request. I didn't know who filed it, but we enjoyed the show. Uh, eventually, whoever it was withdrew the request. And yesterday, we found out who it finally was. It turns out it's this power company, a power company that was requesting the information because they wanted to try to help farmers save money. They had this way of like reducing power bills, and they thought they'd market their services to farmers. But because of the paranoia by many in the Ontario Federation of Agriculture and elsewhere. Uh, <laughs> these farmers ain't going to get that help. <laughs> so I hope that OFA takes a chill pill. Not everyone is trying to destroy you. Sometimes things are just innocent. That's a great gift. Chill and pill. And sometimes they are. And sometimes they are. Who knows, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have a, a gift. My gift is for Thule987654321. Camille, 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 Camille. <laughs> oh, Peter. I think you should say it a few more times. A few more times. <laughs> Camille, Camille, Camille. I knew, I knew that one would get a laugh out of you. And out of me. Indeed, indeed. Are you going to explain to people what the gift is if they haven't read um, this? That was listened? way back. I don't even remember where. Early in the year, it was a review from <laughs> Thule987654321 who said, I really want to like the show, but the says Camille too much. <laughs> And gave us one star. Really? One like, star? Okay. Yeah. I just was so annoyed by that. I'm like, look, I appreciate you're saying you like the show, but I say Camille too much. Like, make it some constructive criticism. That's <laughs> three stars. And instead, I've been hounding poor Thule. I don't know if Thule is male or female ever since. Well, hopefully Thule has actually stopped listening out of irritation <laughs> with your language and doesn't have to. Well, whoever they are, they've, they've stopped skip. now, that's for sure. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, I'm going to piggyback on uh, Camille's since we're dealing with Ontario. 
This one will probably not come as any surprise. My favorite. This gift goes to Dairy Farmers of Ontario. After they recently released their Dairy in the Classroom virtual program to help teachers educate, <coughs> indoctrinate Ontario students <laughs> about all things dairy, but failed in their module about how dairy is produced to even mention anything about baby cows needing to be born and then taken away. My gift to you, DFO, a captive audience of cute little stuffed animals, because that is the only audience you should be able to entertain with your blatant corporate propaganda. Merry Christmas and get out of the classroom. Oh, mic drop. <laughs> Ba-boom. Um, any dairy farmers uh, in there, Camille, for you or no? Uh, you know, your, I, uh, list? No, not entirely. I didn't pick on them in a particular way this year, but I do have one that that is um, similar in nature. Okay, so my uh, my gift is to all the Canadian pulse growers, the plant-based mm. meat companies, and the plant-based dairy companies. I gift to you a redirection of the massive government subsidies, the billions in subsidies that are currently going almost exclusively to the meat, dairy, and egg sector. Because I know that if you were able to compete on a level playing field without propaganda, without all these you know, marketing strategies that these rich industries can produce, uh, we'd have a very different food system. Good call. Absolutely. Um, as it turns out, when I look in my uh, Santa bag or my non-denominational sack... Um, <laughs> I have something for dairy farmers as well. Dairy Farmers of Canada, I believe it is. But, uh, you know, who's, who's, who's quibbling here? Um, I wanted to give Dairy Farmers of Canada one of those electric shoulder massages <laughs> because I wanted them to know that when all is bad in the world and, you know, COVID pandemic is happening and no matter how hungry or thirsty they might be or whatever is happening to them, they've got a massager to <laughs> keep them happy just like cows have that wonderful brush in every one of those ads oh, we've brush. talked about we the, love brush. The, brush. the brush the brush you had to know the brush was coming the brush it is like whenever they want to show how well cows are treated they have the brush and what we know what we can draw as a conclusion from that if you have the brush you're happy so dairy farmers as people turn to alternative uh, products and you know you lose market share just you've got the shoulder massage so all is good. Don't forget that everything is happy. You're so generous, Peter. Oh, that's super generous. So generous. <laughs> He's in the giving spirit. Oh, that's so I'm nice. I'm in the giving mood. Uh, well, I'm, I'm ready to give something to the Manitoba government. Uh, that's my next gift. Uh, Manitoba government, as they prepare to likely introduce egg egg laws here or to pass them, I want to gift them virtual reality headsets, the ones used by animal activists that show the hidden animal cruelty that the government is now trying to hide and even further away from the public eye. I want to wish the Merry, Merry Christmas to the conservative government of Manitoba. I hope the new year and your new VR headsets bring you some new, more progressive perspectives. Not likely. Oh, well put, well put. <laughs> Good one. That is sorely needed. <laughs> well, I have one that, that piggybacks a little bit on that. Uh, this is a gift to the global community. This is really to everyone in the world. I gift you the red pill. Instead of chomping down on that blue pill and staying blissfully ignorant, I hope that you'll see that this year has shown us we need to confront uncomfortable truths and especially the enormous impact that our treatment of animals has not just on animals, we know about that, but on our own health 
and the lives of others. This includes the wildlife trade, obviously, which is likely responsible for the COVID-19 pandemic, but also factory firms, which will possibly be responsible for the next pandemic. I think it's time for us to stop uh, burying our heads under the sand and remaining blissfully ignorant and trying to ignore reality when we need to confront these truths and move forward in a way that prevents us from getting into the situation again. Very lovely. Also, good. You have more positive in there than you think, Camille. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of positive in its own way, you see. It's at least neutral. It's at least neutral. All right, uh, let's turn it around a little bit because I don't want all my, uh, spe- you know, these like special ones to come at the end. So I'm going to uh, give my Christmas gift now to my co-host, Jessica Scott. Oh. I thought she needed a, a, a gift today. I actually have two gifts for Jessica Scott Reed. Um, first, I'm going to give you what I think you really wanted, which is a podcast episode with me, Yay! without Camille, so we can finally <laughs> we can finally speak freely about her. That's what. Hey, that's I didn't authorize want. this. <laughs> I accept your gift. And I accept that gift. That is that is gift number one, and gift number two. I want to give you a big blue floppy hat, which oh. you can wear when you do our edition of On Order. Oh, God. A big blue floppy <laughs> blossom hat. Oh, exactly. God. And for those of you who don't know what that means, just just YouTube or Google Jessica and big blue floppy hat. That might not work, but I hope I it don't does. think it's going to work. Oh, my gosh. Uh, should I give well, context? I, I think you have to, but actually, let me give you my gift first, and then you can explain to people why we're giving you. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, my gift to you, Jessica, is your own cooking show oh, for two reasons. A, because you spend so much time posting amazing stuff on Instagram, that, of which you know I want to eat it all, like all this mushroom stuff you're making, crockpot stuff. Oh. Like, oh, you're an amazing cook. Thank you. And um, I thought the cooking show would be appropriate because you clearly have TV experience. Oh, God. Okay, okay. So for those who don't know, anybody who knows, who grew up in Winnipeg or in Manitoba already know about the old school MTN channel. And there used to be a kids section called the MTN Kids Club. And for a time, there was a sector called the MTN Kids Pulse, which were a group of kid reporters. And I was one of them for many years. And there exists one rogue video on YouTube that got played after the Christmas party which I'm now regretting uh, yeah if you want to look it up on YouTube it's like called MTN Kids Pulse and then don't at me please just watch it and then don't tell the me the hat well, we're going to have hat, to link to it hat now. Is, the hat oh, is legendary oh my gosh I wore those hats in every single spot I did Blossom was a big thing back then <laughs> the hat and the yeah, perm yeah and you were like what like you were like 10 or something. I did it for uh, several years, like from 7 to 14. It was a long going thing. But that video, I think, is, I don't know, maybe 8 or something. <laughs> I'm glad there's only one Amazing. that exists. <laughs> oh, it's so good, though. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I mean, in that, oh, I have a gift for you, Peter. I was feeling kind of bad that it's not very nice. But now, now that I'm in this mood, <laughs> things have changed. I'm going to change yours, Camille, now, too. But um, Okay, <laughs> so to my co-host, Peter Sankoff. I know it's not been 100% easy sharing this special space known as the Paw and Order podcast. I know it's not been easy to see that Camille and I are now best friends forever. Uh, and I know it wasn't easy to see me receive my Paw and Order t-shirt before you still haven't even got one. 
So for this holiday season, I want to gift you, Peter, a very heartfelt there, there, and it's going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was almost Scrooge-like. That's all I'm going to say. I gave you a podcast. I wasn't wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that. I mean, and fair enough, given his personality. Like. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it's there, good. Take my gifts there, back. That's it. Yeah. Well, I, right, can Camille, make you, I can make you feel better because I have a gift for you too, Peter. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I'm not sure this is a completely, like, honest, um, you know, bestowing of a gift, but I want to give you the award of the most influential pawn order host. Aww. <laughs> so that you're now a very solidly award-winning co-host, along no, with this, me this and Jessica. This might come up again. This might oh, come up nice. again. Oh, nice. Oh, the I'm awards. Shocked. The awards. It's, it's been a big year for Peter. Uh, yeah. Not only did he pivot to running an intern program as soon as COVID hit that placed 100 law students with organizations and law firms and individual lawyers to get some practical experience during this crisis, Peter was also named one of the top 25 most influential lawyers. And in the middle of all this, he suffered through and recovered from a goddamn stroke. Wow! So I'd say, Peter, that you've had a pretty good year. And I, I, you know, I think I haven't discussed this with Jess, but I think it's fair to give you the award of the most influential Paw and Order co-host for this year. I second it. Oh, I well, second I'm honored. it. I second it. I'm honored. Thank you so much. <laughs> very, very kind of you. Okay, well, uh, I will turn in a different direction to get us uh, moving. And um, I will, but I will give another positive award. Um, I'm going to give an award to our friend uh, Nathaniel Erskine Smith, who I think is always entitled to, uh, it's not an award, sorry, a gift. (laughs) Um, And I think you're going to approve of this gift because I think it's a damn good gift. Um, I would love to give Nathaniel a cabinet position. Um, I think that would just be a gift to all of us, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. if Nathaniel could ever get to the cabinet table. So that is my gift to Nathaniel Erskine Smith, a much uh, disagreed cabinet position and what's frankly what's more amazing uh, about Nathaniel because really he's he's the first politician I've ever uniformly just agreed with like just about on just about everything not maybe everything that's impossible but like certainly on his drug policy and certainly animal policy his two biggest issues um, like he's gotten me to donate money to the liberals, which is just unbelievable in and of itself. Like I don't donate to the party, but I donate to his riding regularly, like a regular donation, because I just think he's doing such amazing work. So I'm uh, quite happy to gift him a cabinet position. Yeah, that's a gift for everybody for sure. Yeah, I guess it might be like shooting a little bit far to say that can we just gift him prime ministership? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, next year, Camille. (laughs) Save it for next year's list. Okay, I have another positive one. Um, Someone who has been on the show recently. I have a gift for Nicholas Carter, the environmental researcher based in the Maritimes, who he was on, I think, maybe three or four episodes back. Uh, Nick works tirelessly to scientifically debunk the many deceptive claims made by the big meat, dairy, egg, and fishing industries about their, quote, environmental benefits and efforts to be better for the planet. Nick is a go-to source for me in my work, helping me find the studies I need and to understand the science that fuels our fight for the planet and the animals. He gives so much of his time to me, to the cause, to plantbaseddata.org. 
So for this holiday season, I want to gift you, Nick, all I know you've ever wanted, space in the New York Times, where he has come close, but just not quite yet, in his efforts to inform the world about the truths about the role animal agriculture plays in climate change. If I could give it to you, Nick, I would give it to you. Oh, I love Damn it. Damn good gift. Damn good he gift. Totally be in the Times and everywhere else. <laughs> He's come close. Well, I have a... Well, hopefully in 2021. So I have a gift that is a little bit in the same vein. My gift is to McDonald's. McDonald's has been promoting their new sustainably sourced quarter pounder. And I want to give McDonald's a calculator so they can actually do the math. And maybe they should poke around Nick's website, Mm -hmm. too, and uh, see the reality about what sustainable means vis-a-vis beef. So here are some stats for you, McDonald's. First of all, they're saying their quarter pounder is sustainable because up to 30% of the beef in it is sourced from, quote, certified sustainable beef. Uh, that's, you know, a problem in and of itself. But, you know, here's here's the bigger picture about beef. It requires 160 times more land and produces 11 times more greenhouse gases than common plant-based staple foods like potatoes and wheat and rice. So I think McDonald's could really benefit from a calculator or some math skills to figure this out and stop trying to dupe people into doing the wrong thing. Big. Absolutely. Hey, Peter, if I could jump in, I have a similar one for our friends over at A&W. Go, find, go for it. Okay. So, similar to you, Camille, A&W, I am gifting them this year the gift of brand clarity. Like, what's your deal, A&W? You do the right thing. You bring in Beyond Burgers. You serve them up real good. Promote the many benefits of delicious plant-based meat. You gain the love and adoration of so many fast food-loving vegans. And then you bring in bogus grass-fed beef. Those commercials spouting off that cows and soil need each other, (laughs) insinuating that consumers need to eat this beef to save the planet, are so full of unsubstantiated bullshit, trying to appeal to conscious (laughs) consumers who may have otherwise chosen the plant-based option. So happy holidays, A&W. My gift to you is brand clarity so you can decide just what kind of company you really are. By the Love way, um, I remember uh, who else made those grass-fed uh, claims, Camille? One of our old friends who's not being mentioned on this. Do you remember he did a whole video on grass-fed and about the need to restore the natural balance of the environment by having Oh, cattle? was that Robert Sopak? <laughs> it's our buddy. <laughs> he's not on today, but he's, he's getting mentioned. In we wish him a Merry Christmas all the same. <laughs> okay, I've got two uh, that are a little bit more in the serious vein, so I'm going to split them. Otherwise, I'll, I'll be uh, too affected by them. But um, I have a gift for the family of Regan Russell. And my gift to uh, Regan Russell's family, which is obviously this is going to be a difficult time of year for them. And uh, the best I can do is I wanted to go back. I've always felt uh, most at peace when I'm in New Zealand. And I think that the culture there has a real, especially because they're not dealing with 
COVID right now. Um, but um, I've always looked to the symbols of the, the Maori culture to speak to moments of uh, transition like this one. And I wanted to give them all, uh, all the members of the family, a green stone. And the green stone that I have chosen, it's called Punamu in, uh, in Maori. Um, it is a spiral. It's a koru. And I wanted to give you a koru, which is, uh, it represents the fern. And it founds bringing new life and purity to the world, representing peace, tranquility, and a strong sense of regrowth. And it's, uh, it's frequently used to represent the strength and purity of a loving relationship with family. So we want to honor um, everything you and your family have gone through this year. So that's my gift to you. Important gift. Aww. Very nice. It's a beautiful one. I think I was actually gifted a koru or a similar green stone when I was in New Zealand, Peter. It's mm. Very amazing cultural tradition. <clears throat> well, I have, just to cue jump a little bit, I have a, a, a bit of a serious gift as well. Um, and a little bit of a sad one. It was sad for me. And we've already mentioned this earlier, but I'm going to bring it up again anyway. Um, to the minks who've caught COVID and to the tigers who've caught COVID and to, uh, I believe there's one other species of animals that has contracted it. I give you the gift of veterinary treatment because unlike the humans who are suffering from the disease, who've got a healthcare system that we can rely on, at least most of us in this country do, they don't. Uh, no one For the moment in Alberta, but yes, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see how long that lasts. Uh, they don't have... They don't have a healthcare system. Um, animals don't receive veterinary treatment in many cases when they're sick and injured in the food supply. It really just depends on whether it's worth shelling out that kind of bucks to improve their health and their welfare uh, to the farmer. And in most cases, it's not. So they usually just get killed. And I just, uh, I've said this before, but it's just really eating at me, this idea of all these minks suffering and dying from this disease. So I wish for them veterinary treatment. I think we're probably all going to have the mink fur industry on our list. Um, I know you probably do, Peter, so I'm going to do mine quick. It may be very much the same. Uh, mine is for the Canadian fur industry as a whole after its steady decline in recent years, both in profits and popularity. And now, as we mentioned, COVID-19 showing up on the farms and risking mutated and perhaps vaccine-resistant strains reaching the human population like happened in Denmark. To the Canadian fur industry, I gift you a fond ass farewell surely after all of this surely this is the year it ends so that's my gift to you adios don't let the door hit you on the way out well, I've got a similar gift, not surprisingly, for the mink farmers of Canada. My gift's a little bit different. I'm going to give the mink farmers of Canada a big bag of cash and a copy of our new single, Buy Em Out. <laughs> Buy them out. <laughs> I mean, that is the Paw and Order first single. We have no music, no instruments. We're really not that gifted, but we're going to do a song called Buy Them Out for the Mink Farmers because honestly, that is the solution to this problem. We need to buy out the licenses and close them down. As was, the, and by the way, for anybody that's like, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that. There's tons of precedent for that. I mean, the cod fisheries were all bought out, most of them. They're just, it's very common when you have a licensed uh, producer to do a certain thing. You want to close down that sector for various reasons. You need to buy them out. Happens all the time. It's good. Good, good plan. Gift. Good plan. Good gift. Who's up? Are you up, Camille? Am I up? Uh, why don't you go for it? Sure. I have another group that's getting stuffed animals this holiday season. 
It's to all those who rented ducklings or chicks this past spring during the first lockdown. Do you guys remember that? Mainly in Ontario. Uh. It mainly was in Ontario, but now I've heard it's starting to happen again in BC for over the Christmas holiday. Farms are renting out baby birds. Some call it fostering, which is bull. Uh, and it's as an amusement for kids stuck at home. There's so much wrong with this. You know, I don't even know where to start with it. But let's just say if it's a temporary toy you want, folks, here, happy holidays. Have some stuffed animals. Don't even have to pay to feed them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. OK, well, I have a gift for the Toronto media. I gift to you some objectivity as it pertains to the Toronto Zoo. I am just so tired of seeing Toronto outlets uncritically print comments from the Toronto Zoo celebrating the births of baby animals who are going to be condemned to live a life in captivity and mourning the deaths of animals who died after a miserable life in captivity. Um, It just amazes me that we're in a society where most Canadians actually oppose keeping animals in zoos, according to polls, and this has been a recent shift. Uh, It wasn't always like that. Society's changing, but the media is still just uncritically printing these glowing stories about the zoo when this happens without including any perspective about like, yeah, maybe some people aren't very happy that this animal's been born into captivity, or maybe there's some critiques that we could impose on the fact that this gorilla named Josephine, for instance, 49 years old, just died after almost her entire life at the zoo. So maybe a journalism school refresher course on some objectivity and balance for the Toronto media. Well, you just gifted me a story idea. So thanks for that, Camille. (laughs) Merry Christmas, Jess. Thank you. So my next gift is a rarity in that it's a repeat because I I looked at my list from last year and and not counting a uh, co-host to come later. um, I didn't do any re-gifts except this one. This is the only um, um, entity that is uh, getting a gift from me for the second year in a row. And this is to my friends the primates living with Yasmin Nakuda. <laughs> I, I was waiting for it. <laughs> I think I'm going to give them a gift every year. Um, last year, I gave them a key and figuring out how to use it. Um, <laughs> this year, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to grant you passage of the Jane Goodall bill and then passage of the subsequent regulation that frees primates from Yasmin Nakuda's stupidity. <laughs> that is my goal, um, to free them and to recognize that these beautiful animals are not pets. They are not playthings. They don't deserve to be wandering around your house in diapers just because you get off on having animals uh, of that nature in your care. So um, I, um, the Ikea monkey was a warning sign, and I'm pleased to see the Ikea monkey, which is a ridiculous name. I'm sorry, he does have a real name, correct? And I forgot Darwin. what it was. Darwin, sorry. Um, it was, it was a warning sign uh, to what's actually needed. So we're going to get uh, those primates away from Yasmin one way or another. I'm certainly hoping. Love it. Uh, mine, mine is somewhat similar. Um, the My next gift is for pandemic puppy owners. <laughs> To all those folks who went out and bought a new puppy from a breeder online to play with during the pandemic instead of adopting or waiting until the shelters inevitably fill up again after all this is over and there are a ton of unwanted, unruly adolescent dogs. To all of you, I gift post-pandemic puppy classes because you're going to need them. When everyone returns to work and busy life, sadly, so many untrained dogs are going to start looking like problems instead of playthings. 
So, purchased puppy owners to UI gift the gift of puppy classes to properly train and socialize your companion so they can be the happy, healthy, and permanent family members that they are supposed to be. Oh, good and one. Sadly, sadly, I know several of those owners personally. And yeah, uh, we all do, yeah. I think. It is yep. a uh, it is a tough subject. Um, they they're all so excited to show you their new dog. Yeah, and I'm sitting there with horror, recognizing they've contributed to the problem. Exactly, and it just drives me crazy. Yeah. but it's 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 one of those topics that's very hard to talk about. You think talking about meat consumption is hard to talk about? Try talking about don't buy a dog breed. Yeah, I oh, mean, God. really hard. Last week when I when I published the column for the Toronto Star about it, I literally get way more hate mail when I write anything to do with adopting rather than buying dogs or anything against Canadian Kennel Club. I get way more mean interaction on those types of stories than I do about anything to do with, you know, animal farming. Oh, wow. That's so sad. Yeah. I, I had a conversation about this with, um, a friend and colleague, I won't name who just to protect people's privacy, but, um, who had tried to speak with some friends of hers who just purchased a puppy about it mm-hmm. in a very non-confrontational way that was designed to just, you know, educate them without making them feel bad. And it didn't work. It's, it can be very difficult to get through to people when their minds are set on something. So yeah, yeah I just hope you're right. And they take the puppy classes and that doesn't end up being a flash in the pan for people. And filling up the shelters even more. Yeah. I mean, I can't blame them. I mean, who doesn't want that shiny new puppy? If you, if you end up with a rescue dog, you end up with some, you know, mixed bred chihuahua who runs around. Oh, wait a minute. That's, that's me. Sorry. And me. I just, I, I just got one. I just got one a month ago from the shelter, a mixed bred chihuahua. Well, I bet chihuahua. you love it because my biggest issue with the mixed bred chihuahua, now that we're on this subject, I don't know how we got on this. It's not a big issue because he's, he's a great little dog and all that. And mostly good mostly largely good but like what what i didn't know about chihuahuas you must love it is that they bond with one person yes. incredibly and they, strongly. they hate so everybody essentially, else <laughs> well they don't they tolerate the rest of our he tolerates the rest of our family he's pretty good with me he just goes down a pecking order but the problem is we got the dog for the kids and he's turned out he's my wife's dog yep. like that's it he's just essentially will follow her everywhere so the kids are desperately unhappy and are pushing for another dog and i'm like this is not the way this was supposed to happen at all that's ch- ah. chihuahuas for you oh no <laughs> i had no idea <laughs> well all right well i think this is my last gift yeah we all have uh, how can last. that be i have three left oh i i have three left. i only have one left i know I he know. skipped me at one point maybe you should go so oh, should okay, i do well, one of mine you go yeah okay yeah okay i will do i have three left because i think you hopped on when you did uh, me but i have three left but in any event okay so i will go with one of them i have a gift for uh our friends over at nfac um <laughs> who are always deserving of a gift and i have a book i went online and researched and researched and researched because we are about to hear in our next segment that nfac if they care about anything camille we know it's consensus, and it's about really values-based decision in which everyone has a voice. That is their view. So I want to send my friends, which I went and researched. It's a kid's book for our friends at NPAC. Everyone is equal, the kid's <laughs> book of tolerance, and it is designed to remind our friends at NPAC that it is possible to have a committee in which 
more than half to 75% of the committee is not producers. I know that seems weird to you. It seems weird to me too when I have a committee that I'm going to construct it in a way where everyone is equal. Well, in fact, thinks everyone is equal means we start off with 50% of the votes right at the outset. So that is the in fact way. So I'm going to give them a gift so that they can see maybe there is another way out there. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could consider having you know equality reflect the population. Imagine if you had people from all walks of life given this information about how animals are treated, and they get to decide what the rules what would be instead of the Camille, people who profit. What do they know? What do they know about animals? You know who knows about animals? The various farmers, 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 farmers rural people, restaurant operators, uh, slaughterhouses. Right? We need to include. That's what I love. My favorite thing about them. We need to include all the groups. And I'm like, by all the groups, they mean every group of animal users has to have a voice at the table. I kid you not. It's absolutely insane. But anyway. Anyway, that is uh, in fact for you. <laughs> All right, I have two. So I apparently I got out of numbered. So I've got to give my other one, which is more serious. Again, so this is um, a little bit tough for me, but I'm going to do it anyway. This gift is for my friend uh, Javon O'Sullivan. And um, Javon, I, if you think I had a tough year, Javon's had a much tougher year than I have. She was a guest on this show uh, at the beginning of the pandemic when she was uh, doing well. And you have heard her many times before because she is the voice of iRoar. So you've heard her speak about uh, the iRoar podcast network, which she runs out of Australia. Um, and I've been given permission, in case anybody's wondering, I wouldn't have given this gift without checking with her first. Um she is suffering. Um, she's uh, been diagnosed with ovarian cancer, and she's been in uh, chemotherapy. And uh, unfortunately, while she was in chemotherapy, and uh, sorry, while she was doing the surgery to remove the tumor, she suffered a stroke. So um, I know what that's like, and she is recovering, but I've seen pictures of her. She says she is doing well and is intending to be out and back fighting for the animals again soon. So of course, uh, my gift to Javon is uh, a very good friend of mine who I've known longer than anyone and just about anyone in the animal uh, law area. Um, my gift is a full recovery, of course, and good health to my friend Javon. So I wish her all the best. Lovely. Oh, here, here, Siobhan. Huge hugs from all of us upon order. All right, well, this is my last gift, guys. And it's a nice one. <laughs> this is my gift to our supporters who didn't leave our side this year, animal justice supporters across the country, around the world. And my gift is our endless gratitude. It's been a really challenging year, I know, for everybody, and especially for nonprofits and charities. I know when this pandemic first hit, we were terrified about what the future might hold and whether people would just lose interest in animals while we dealt with this emerging health crisis. But you supporters, donors, people all over did not let us down. You stuck by our side. And I promise you in the new year that we are not going to let up. We're going to keep pushing harder than we ever have before once we're out the other side of this pandemic. And you're going to see even more progress. So that's my gift to you is our gratitude. Ah, well, that plays well into mine because my next one is a gift of gratitude as well. Uh, and my final gift of gratitude is to you, Camille. Uh, you have been a, a light in this very dark year, inviting me to be part of this incredible podcast, bringing me into the animal justice community even more. You are brilliant and kind and always there when I need an immediate quote <laughs> or something legal explained to me in layman's terms. Oh, or to save me from being arrested when I unknowingly and illegally record and share online court proceedings. <laughs> 
thank you for that uh, to you and you, you too Peter uh, to our producer Shannon uh, to Kim Caitlin the whole animal justice team and to our listeners uh, I have gratitude a gift of gratitude for all of you for uh, letting me be included in this remarkable little world so thank you so much for that oh well it's us that should be thanking you but i love it thanks (laughs) well this is just too much nice stuff for camille at the end i mean come (laughs) on it's contrary to my whole brand (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's true all right um i have two gifts for camille as well um and of course first of all i mean as pointed out she takes all my jokes all year long, so she's more than deserving. Um, But of course, as you know, I I try to explain this to my students when I make a joke about a fellow professor. They don't understand it. They think like you're really upset with them or you're saying something bad. And I say to them, don't you realize that you can only make jokes about people you're very close to? You cannot make jokes about people you actually don't like. Well, we do on this program. (laughs) But I mean, like, I mean, people we personally don't like, they just don't get mentioned. So uh, as Camille knows, one of my very best friends, uh, all those jokes are just part of uh, the way we we have fun on Paw and Order for your entertainment. But my two joke, my two gifts for Camille, the first gift is, but she 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 kind of ruined the joke by preempting it. I think she suspected there was an award to be mentioned Camille desperately needs an award god damn it so it's just been too long it's like Jess has got an award I've got an award so I have an award it is named the top superstar on earth for my Yay! friend Camille Lapchuk <laughs> well deserved okay thank you I actually did get an award recently I know so you I'm did. good <laughs> but I, that's so great I know you did but anyway thank you. that is I, I had to go through with the joke anyway I you're talking about the Oxford uh, Fellowship, or is it another award? Oh, no, that's another oh, one. I guess I got two awards. What was the, what <laughs> was the Jesus, award? now she's like dominating. Oh, the other one was Humane Canada really kindly gave a whole bunch of people uh, an Animal Welfare Leadership and Innovation Award, I nice. think, for everyone's work on Bill S203, the band Whale How Canada. dare they? Well, anyway, <laughs> now, now, now Jess and I are behind in the awards category. That's the way it goes, <laughs> especially with her top superstar on Earth award. That is my first gift, and of course, most importantly, um, I have to give Camille a plane ticket to come visit us here in Edmonton because it's just not the same without you. We miss Aww. you very much. Aww, I miss you guys too. <laughs> See, Peter, I you you kind of let me down. I was expecting some kind of like gallivanting gift. I just I, I can't to... believe we got to the end of this and you haven't made fun of me for no I'm, gallivanting in 2020. I'm trying to save it. I actually, you, I'll be honest with you. It's funny that you say that because that was going to be there was going to be around the world travel so that you could gallivant to your heart's content, but I decided to go with Edmonton instead. So, you know what I'm saying? Don't worry. It was, it was thought of. It was thought okay. of. A little more COVID-friendly. Well, that was, that was our second annual Holiday Spectacular, and I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed listening to it, or in the case of Mike, as much as you enjoyed listening to it, we did it as quickly as we could. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did pretty good Sorry, time. Mike. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, that was that was super fun. I wish we could do this like every episode. But oh god, that would be way too tiring. <laughs> it's a it lot of work. work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> but we have one final segment to round off 2020, our last episode of the year. And let me just remind you folks, we're going to take a week off. So we're going to be back, I think, the first 
or second week of January with a new program. And uh, we're all going to enjoy a little bit of holiday downtime. But before we do so, we've got everybody's favorite segment, Heroes and Zeros. Heroes and Zeros. Heroes and Zeros. We did it. There you go. (laughs) All right. Our hero is our friends over in the UK who are uh, seriously in the midst of, during Brexit, proposing a complete ban on live export. And as my friend in Australia uh, pointed out when this uh, bill was announced, God, he wishes Australia would get with the program. <laughs> we, we all wish that indeed. Yeah, kind of a cool side effect of Brexit is that the UK is freer now at this point to pursue policies that may not jive with the rest of Europe, but could be good for animals. And it looks like they're taking a step to do that already. So bravo. It's, it's not done yet, but I mean, the package of reforms is expected next summer, and they're talking about a full ban from England and Wales. They would just not allow any sending of live animals abroad, and I think that would be fantastic. It would certainly cut down on transport that's so problematic. And while they don't, while the UK does not tend to do the type of live export uh, that Australia does and has been so criticized for in terms of sending sheep to the Middle East, um, we, we're still talking about some important changes to the way in which animals are treated and i think that can only be a good thing and for, for every, every hero, hero. <laughs> there's, a zero. there's a zero all right this time uh, what more suitable uh, way to end the year uh, than uh, with a discussion of nfac gotta love them <laughs> gotta love them <laughs> oh my oh my yeah, so Peter, you flagged this story. NFAC has has produced a new draft mink code of practice. They've actually redu- uh, released a, a draft um, salmon, salmonid code of practice too, the first ever fish code. And uh, we wanted to just make a few comments, not really based on the substance of the proposed codes themselves, but on the media release that NFAC put out in relation Look, to the code. I- I'm excited about a new mink code. I like it when stakeholders, as and I'm just let me stress, I am reading from the press release here. So take that for what it's worth. Stakeholders, which includes Camille and Jessica. Sorry, I have to Camille and Jessica. Um, producers, consumers, animal welfare advocates, and others with an interest in the welfare of farm milk to view the draft revisions and to inform the final code. This is fantastic. I love it when a group of people from all walks of life, and when I say all walks of life, Camille, I mean every aspect of the mink production chain is represented at the table. Now, luckily, as we know, I'm just going to check here. When I check my press release, I'm going to see that, you know, of course, you know, this being about the interests of animals and all, we're going to have a, a, you know, a chair, a chair of the committee who's, you know, non-denominational, a government official or something like that. I mean, that seems to make sense, doesn't it? Wait a minute. It's Matt Moses, committee chair and Nova Scotia mink rancher. Oh, how fantastic. Oh, how great. Oh, how, how, how on point that the of chair, of course, is a mink farmer whose interests, I don't know, can we say that they're directly represented or directly impacted by whatever, whatever rules? Oh. Peter. In fact, manages to put into effect. I mean, far, I'm sure me, that Matt's far be it for me. top concern yeah. is animal welfare. For sure. We know that. That's how this works. And of course, they they cite, they cite, you know, 
some other people in their press release, it's enlightening to see so much support for the mink industry from all who worked on this amendment. Well, let me just say, if the people working on the amendment are in or connected to the mink industry, it's little surprise that they have support for the mink industry, <laughs> says Dave Williams, a BC mink rancher who is involved in this. It's like, it's fantastic how every member of the NFAC committee, oh no, it wouldn't be every member, but a nice, healthy majority, and usually a super majority, is directly connected. Because when NFAC says they want consultation and consensus, what they mean is, that means... They want every member of the chain to be represented from the veterinarians who are paid by the mink ranchers to the mink ranchers themselves, to the retail industries that sell the mink furs, to the furriers, to the X's, the Y's and the Z's. Everyone involved has to be represented. And that is how we reach consensus through NFAC. Slow clap for (laughs) NFAC. Slow, slow clap. Yeah, no, it is. It is truly amazing. Uh, you know, I guess they haven't reviewed recent polling data that show that an overwhelming number of people are opposed to killing animals for their fur. I guess that's not the kind of consensus they're talking about. They're talking about industry consensus. Yeah, all them folks making the money. Yes. <laughs> that's usually what they're talking about. I mean, they do want consensus, and I can't say they have no animal welfare advocates at the table. I wish I could say that, but I can't, because animal welfare advocates insist on getting into this process. So there are always one or two of them at the table, usually one at the table that is usually numbers 20. That's usually the way this works. It is literally, you know, 18 to 20 members of the industries and one or two people who are not connected to the industries. I mean, personally, when I want to reach consensus, that's how I set up a group, too. You know what I mean? I set up everyone who's on my side and one person who isn't. And that's the best way to reach consensus. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Take a take a page from NFAC's playbook. <laughs> you know what they're uh, my about. Friends at NFAC. A multi-stakeholder approach, they call it. I love their multi-stakeholder approach. I love NFAC press releases, honestly. I find them absolutely hilarious. I, agree. I just think they are full of the absolute best. No one does that type of speak better than NFAC. They're damn well, dairy farmers is close, but they're pretty good. They're pretty <laughs> You're good. right, you're right. The rhetoric is is I studied rhetoric in school and I find this the most fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, that puts a cap on 2020, doesn't it? We're saying goodbye to 2020. Thank God. Not a fond farewell, certainly. Not a, Not fond, a fond farewell, farewell at all. But we are wishing all of you all of the best for a safe and somewhat solitary holiday season. We hope you stay safe. We hope you stay COVID-free, away from other people to the extent that you can. And we hope you enjoy some delicious, you know, plant-based, cruelty-free Christmas, holiday, Hanukkah, seasonal deliciousness. And as you're listening to this, I ask you, please let us know if you enjoyed our holiday Christmas spectacular. A tweet on Twitter or something else would really make our day just to know that uh, you enjoyed it. Yeah, send us another tweet. Yeah. So in the meantime, we'll be thinking of all of you as we celebrate cozily in our homes. And we're really looking forward to what 2021 has to bring. Because honestly, it cannot be any It's got to be better. It's got to be better. Famous last words, I know. But <laughs> <laughs> please. All right. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. We'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in today. We'd love to ask you to subscribe to the Pawn Order podcast using Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or your other favorite podcatcher. Also, please leave a rating because it helps more people find the show. And if you can, please tell other listeners to share the podcast so more people can hear us. 
You can also consider supporting us on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash pot and order if you like what you hear. You can find me on Twitter at, at Peter Sankoff or at my website, petersankoff.com. You can find me on Twitter at Jess L. Reed. And you can find me on Twitter at, at Camille Lavchuk, that's L-A-B-C-H-U-K. And we always enjoy Twitter conversations about the show or any other animal law or political topics. And finally, we'd like to thank our producer, Shannon Milling. See you next time on Pawn Order. For more great iRaw podcasts, visit iRawPod.com. That's I-R-O-A-R-P-O-D.com. Ah!